0: Welcome Bold Americans to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, you can check out all my colleagues' work at americaoutloud.com. You can check out people like Peter McCullough, Paul Engel, Malcolm Out Loud, Paul Alexander, all these great vo- voices, as well as Dr. Henry Ely, who is Hawaiian in descent as well. So a great leadway into the conversation I'm going to be having today. We're going to be talking to someone who has been fighting for the rights of Hawaiians uh, ever since the pandemic, and maybe even before the pandemic, we're going to get to know her a little bit more. She has a website, it's called forourrights.org, and the three principles for there were to defend Hawaii, uh, was fighting against the unconstitutional mandates, uh, restoring power to the people about election integrity. And standing for freedom to promote parental rights in education and freedom throughout the community. So all things that are right up my listeners' ideals and values. So we're gonna welcome to the show right now, Levana Loma. Levana, welcome to America Emboldened.
1: Thank you so much, Greg. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh so so glad to have you here. So let's start right off from the beginning. We we met because I was doing research into what's happening in Lehana. And I wanted to know more about Maui and you were posting content about um, what you felt you were witnessing. Now you live in Hawaii. You're on, are you on the big Island?
1: I'm actually on Kauai, the, okay. the northernmost small island on, Kaua- yeah, in the chain.
0: So, you, so you're, uh, you're about what forty miles away from where Maui is. Oh,
1: more than but, that. It's okay. it's it's definitely like more like two hundred or so miles. But oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah, Maui's a, a bit far away. We're separated by ocean, but still, you know, we're connected because we're a state here. I've got a lot of friends on Maui, um, a lot of connections there. So I was getting a lot of inside information from the get go. About Wonderful. what
0: was going on. Mm-hmm. So I see your page and I had no idea who you were before all this. So four-hour rights, and here we have people that there's huge censorship going on. So um, people are listening to this. It's Tuesday right now, next, uh, next week. So just kind of putting that in perspective as we're pre-recording this episode for everybody. Uh, but on Friday, I got a phone call from one of my listeners and they said to me, Greg, I listened to your episodes about what's going on. I have a friend who lives in Lahana and they're in big trouble. They don't have any aid. They moved to uh, a friend's house a little bit further away and uh, heard everything. You know, you got any ideas? You and I, we did a Twitter space on Wednesday. I want to let you know that Twitter space helped. Because I reached out to uh, Greg White, who was on the Twitter space with us, who offered the help, his assistance, and within five minutes of reaching out to him, he had her friend on the phone and located, and wow. figured out how to get him signed up on Venmo for people to donate through the Instagram feed directly, and that's the awesome part of the power of the people. We, the people, right? We don't need the government to ship $700 checks. Like Joe Biden would like to do. We have the power of Americans to look out for one another. We have the power of our phones. We have the power of the internet to make this world a little bit smaller. So I just wanted to share that with you at the get-go of like, we made a difference just on Wednesday of last week on Twitter by hosting that space. Because I look at, if we can change one person's life, then that's a job well done, right? That's We, we all contributed to that. So I just want to thank you for being a part of that space, helping inform people, as well as to know that we had a lasting impact afterwards. So thank you very much for doing that.
1: You bet. You bet.
0: So let's get to know you. Tell me a little bit about yourself and why you are a liberty-minded individual. What, what, what would you like to tell people about who, who are you?
1: Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, I live over on Kauai. I've been in Hawaii my whole life. This place is very special and important to me, obviously. It's my home. My roots are here. They run deep, um, you know, and this journey for me really began sometime uh, prior to COVID, about probably like five or so years before COVID. And it started as a social media thing. I had a blog. It was called "Somebody Had to Say It," and um, you know, I had I had big questions about a lot of the you know major events that have happened in our history. Uh, 9-11, you know, things that didn't add up. Um, And so basically, I started really, you know, bringing to the forefront, asking people to question everything, trying to get people to really look at stuff, you know, being that person that's going to get out there and like say something about these situations that are happening and, you know, uh, try to to get people thinking. And so I, you know, my uh, following actually grew quite substantially on Facebook. I had 45,000 followers at one time. And I was really bringing up controversial topics, of course, that I started getting censoring, censored left and right. They eventually completely, you know, uh, took down my page entirely and I kind of moved on from there. Um, And then so, you know, um, when COVID hit, that was what really kicked it into high gear for me. You know, I was sitting there already having this, you know, understanding of how much government corruption there is, how much of a hidden agenda there is in this world, especially around the United Nations Agenda 2030. I have been sounding the alarm for, yeah, probably at least 10 years now, you know, trying to get people to really take a closer look at this and understand the implications of what they're trying to promote and how it really is this global, this agenda for global Communism, if you will. So, mm-hmm. uh, so when COVID hit, um, and I started seeing, you know, all of these repeat patterns and things that looked, you know, very suspicious to me and watching them just completely trample on the rights of the people, we had people being arrested for sitting on the beaches here in Hawaii, you know, like, I mean, it was, it was, uh, wow. you know, yeah, we were forced to stay in our homes, we weren't allowed to travel, um, you know, it, it was, it was just total tyranny. And I think that Hawaii has, always been and will continue to be somewhat of a testing ground for them to see how far they can push the people. And, uh, you know, be it because of our location, um, you know, being the 50th, the newest state and there being questioned about, you know, the legality of that too, and how the Hawaiian kingdom mm-hmm. was pretty much, you know, uh, overthrown and the, the the land was stolen. So there's so many factors um, that really make it like all eyes on Hawaii, you know, when it comes to these, these agendas. So uh Yeah, so COVID launched into me just being driven to stand up for the rights of the people. Nobody was really pushing back. So I got together with a small group of people. We started protesting. I believe that uh, we were one of the very first groups of people to be on the street during the strict lockdown saying, hey, this is not OK. You know, no emergency cancels the Constitution. We have rights. And uh yeah, so, you know, from there, it just blossomed into actually becoming a full fledged nonprofit, 501C3. You know, we have um, managed through the nonprofit to raise a bunch of money to bring lawsuits. We've had several lawsuits. One of them, uh, we didn't win, but it did result in a change to legislation in our in our islands and in in the state, you know, that would better protect people's rights during an emergency. And, uh, you know, we inspired a lot of people to actually take action, to stand up against these unlawful mandates that were, you know, that were, depriving people of their god-given liberties and so we really you know just feel that there's such a need for people to understand their rights you know to to realize that, uh, that that the power the government has really only comes through the consent of the people and it's when you know when we when we can turn that inverted pyramid of power and control back to where the people really are you know the government then that's when you know we can we can fix what's happening in our country and so i'm sure you know, everybody knows that we've seen, you know, just this massive decline in, our, in, in, in the state of our nation right now. So, um, so yeah, we formed this, uh, you know, this nonprofit and we want to continue to, you know, just be a voice for the people and take, you know, legal action where we can and provide resources for people to, you know, to be able to stand up for their rights So uh, in in regards to what's happening currently, you know, we definitely are, you know, looking at all of the evidence and trying to investigate everything as much as possible and see where we can find places, you know, where something is not is not right. And, you know, how can we how can we uh, get a solution going for people? So that's what we're all about.
0: So I want to get into maybe in the second half of the show, talking about the COVID stuff that you guys worked on, Um, you're speaking my language about we the people. Uh, I did an entire week of episodes two weeks ago, part ones through five, teaching people about the constitution and what their rights are and property. And that unfortunately we've, we've entered in the contracts that we were never informed that we were entering into that give us privileges instead of our rights. And as a result, most people are like, well, the Supreme Court said it's unconstitutional. Oh, really? Can you point to the part of the Constitution that tells you that the Supreme Court's allowed to tell you what's constitutional and what's not constitutional? It doesn't right. exist. And so when people start understanding that these things aren't actually in the text, that it's you and I, they get to decide what's constitutional, what's not constitutional, that makes a world of difference in people's life then when the government says hey we need you to stay in your house you can say i have the freedom to travel and it actually says so right in the uh, bill of rights you know mm-hmm. i have the ability to go wherever i want to so shove it up your rear end um right. so later
1: I, on I'll, uh, real quick later on i'll yeah. tell you my story about being arrested for refusing the quarantine so that was I one of the things that i it. did <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> i'm looking forward to that
1: <laughs> it has a good ending
0: But this is why we have to talk about what's going on in Maui right now. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: on this phone call that I got from the gentleman that's there, they heard what I said on my show. I've called um, the town a mass graveyard that the news media is not acknowledging. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are people that uh, have gone to report that are not allowed in. There's only one news media, from what I understand, that's allowed in, and that's NBC If you're not with NBC, you're not getting the access that the rest of the independent media is trying to get right now. And the locals are saying it's a mass graveyard that there are a thousand people that are likely burned to death or have drowned. And there's no one talking about this outside of my show and the alternative press. And I am very concerned that anytime you can have a thousand people just disappear off the face of the earth. And there's not a mass uproar about it. I mean, in this country, somebody goes and shoots three people in a public place. All of a sudden we have to stop the press and everybody has to send their thoughts and prayers. I don't see everybody stopping for thoughts and prayers and what we got to change. But what I do see is these climate change a holes that are all of a sudden jumping on the bandwagon see what happened in maui this is all climate change it's going to cause these fires get worse what the hell is going on in this country that the first thing we go is climate change that causes me the question did they are they happy about this was it something they wanted to happen is it something that was a planned elimination of people and i don't mind having those conversations because i think if anything at the end of the day, people's rights and liberties are going to be stripped and taken away from them as a result of this. And so the conversation you were having for the past 10 years and the conversation you're having for our rights is more relevant than ever. Your work Mm -hmm. that you did with COVID-19 needs to be work that is now done to help educate people about don't accept certain money, don't sign certain things from FEMA. So with that all said- I want to see what's your plan. What are you thinking of uh, doing in order to kind of help educate the people on the Island of what their rights are in order to help protect this government uh, grab of their land?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking at that. I know there's some great attorneys right now that are definitely on it. Like um, uh, Mike Yoder, he's a, He's got uh, the Maui Legal Preservation Fund. They're talking about, you know, providing uh, aid for people to get legal help or to, you know, free documents on that. But basically, yeah, I mean, these insurance companies, you know, they are supposed to be giving people a certain amount of money up front, but they're going to try to get people to settle, you know, and it's so the the main advice on that is don't sign anything just yet. But I think for us, like my most important thing is really just trying to get people more educated about uh you know the the idea that there's an agenda behind this and there's so much evidence to suggest that that it's 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 really it's it's not wise to ignore it you know what i mean there's way too many questions way too many coincidences so i think ultimately it's going to really come down to like the most important thing is exposing this agenda 2030 sustainable development goals you know plan to turn um you know hawaii into a smart state a smart city Um, And, you know, looking at, you know, regardless of, you know, we don't know exactly how the fire started. That's still something that's just speculation at this point, but there's reason to believe it could have been directed energy weapons, could have been microwave, you know, frequencies, you know, interacting with aluminum from particles, from chemtrails, you know, these are theories and they're, they're worth exploring further.
0: Actually, I'll even tell you another thing that I think is even more likely. Um, I I published a, a Paper last week on my Twitter feed in 2014, graphene oxide. They had figured mm. out how to get it to travel through the air, and it looked almost like a white haze. Oh, and it was smart and could travel through and get to uh, block solar radiation. And so, if you right. think of it in terms of like uh, metals, microwaves, five G, and everything else, that is another very valid thing. But you know, I'm a I'm a thinking man. You're a yeah. thinking, woman, there's a lot of people out there. They don't want to have to put this type of thought or think, oh, no, this is this stuff doesn't happen. It does. it does and so we need to have these conversations so i'm glad you're bringing all this up continue
1: well yeah and so i mean this is a really important thing i want to throw in there is that you know we know that these directed energy weapons are real they there's you know plenty of documentation all over the internet that they're developing them but here's the real kicker is that i just found out right on maui is one of the key research and development sites for this kind of weaponry and it's operational Yep. It's operational. The Air Force Maui Optical and Supercomputing Site is what it's called. And, uh, you know, so this is reason to question, you know, like they had the ability to possibly use this, you know, to to create these fires. And another thing that um was pointed out today that really hit me hard was uh, when you look at the drone footage of all of those cars that were most likely the people that were stopped by police and not allowed to leave, none of those doors are opened. You would think if you're in a situation where there's raging fire coming your way, wouldn't you run from your vehicle immediately and possibly leave your car door open? So, this is just something that I (laughs) wanted to throw in there Mm because it's an interesting little tidbit of, you know, like a thought provoking, you know, fact that when you look at this footage, the cars, car doors are all closed and a lot of them are being reported to have, you know, bodies found in them. And uh, so, you know, that really makes you wonder, like, this, this whole fire was supposedly ripped through Lahaina within 17 minutes as well and completely obliterated everything. Like what kind of fire really does that? So reason to question, absolutely 100%. And then you throw in who benefits, you know, who benefits from this happening. And you look at, you know, Josh Green and his connections with, you know, United Nations last July, just in July, he was the keynote speaker at this uh, conference, you know, all about smart cities and, and on, yeah on
0: july 17th he signed an emergency declaration where he could take power of eminent domain based upon a homeless crisis exactly. on july 27th the department of emergency management puts their two weeks to prepare statement out and then two weeks later there's tons of things that are pointing right now to a perfect coincidence
1: Here's another one that just uh, came up for me today, too. I don't know if you knew this one, but uh, just this year, the Maui, uh, Maui County increased their county's emergency fund by uh, $37 million. It went from $3 million to $40 million for some reason this year. That's a huge increase. That's a huge so,
0: increase. How about yeah. the mm-hmm. police chief? Ah. Just so happens to be the same police chief that was the Las Vegas shooter police chief.
1: Yep. And we still too.
0: don't have answers in Las Vegas of what happened. And I guess mm-hmm. we're just not going to have answers what happened there either. Because guess what? He resigned on Friday. He's no longer the police chief in Maui.
1: Did he actually resign? Or are you talking about the chief emergency director? Because so, he just resigned too. So He did resigned
0: both these- Friday morning. And from what okay. I, I'm hearing from people on the ground. So okay. by the time this airs, maybe the story has been clarified. But I have an eyewitness on the ground who okay. says that the police chief has resigned um that broke to me around 5 p.m on Friday which would have been I guess uh 11 a.m your time yeah okay
1: well I'm not I'm not saying that that's not true all I know is that I did hear that the uh chief uh, director the director for the Maui emergency disaster resigned after he was you know in a, in a press conference and they asked him if he regretted not sounding yeah. the sirens and he said no he didn't
0: And And he didn't just say, no, I didn't. He said, no, I do not.
1: Yeah, no, I do not. It was
0: very just matter of fact, which I just thought was so callous and heartless to know that hundreds and maybe thousands of people are dead right now. And no, I don't regret it. Come
1: on. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's probably the worst thing about all of this, too, of course, is the. The government response or lack thereof, actually, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we have definitely reports, you know, I have firsthand reports from people I know that they are blocking aid from getting to the people They're The police are coming in and shutting down, you know, food distribution sites and saying, no, you know, basically anything that's not regulated by FEMA is, you know, a no go is not allowed. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. these people are suffering, you know, they are, they are having a hard time getting what they need. And uh, it's really, it's, you know, it's just, it's all of it is just so heart wrenching. It's so heart wrenching.
0: Yeah. Some of the other um, eyewitness stories that have been sent to me because the the beautiful part about social media is I'm able to report from Maui without having to fly the Maui, because I would have been expensive here from Delaware. Um, There was a grandmother that was in her car during the fire. And she handed a baby off to someone driving by and they are apparently they just got published on the news on Friday. They're trying to find the parents. Wow. They have no idea where the grandmother went or where the parents are. Um, Children. They are now uh, confirmed that they did go to school in the morning and they were sent home in the middle of the school day as winds were starting to increase and the parents were still at home and they believe that there's over 1000 children that possibly perished. And I haven't heard that out there. That's another uh personal account that's here. Mm-hmm. Um there are people in uh Ka- I, I might be saying this wrong. Kihai? Kihai. Pihe. Thank Kihai. you. Yeah. Uh and Makawao? Makawao? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and apparently if you're able to get out and stay in one of those three places, there's no distribution of supplies. So these people lost all their clothes. They lost their home. They have yeah. no way to get any type of money and they're not distributing anything because they're like, well, how do we know that you live there? Yeah. And so people are being discriminated against right now by the government and by the people that are trying to get aid to them. So I, I understand from talking to people on the ground that it is very difficult even to get people assistance right now, that people are, uh, they're desperate. And I asked, what is the number one thing people need? And they said, cash. I said, they've got to be able to get more clothing. They've got to be able to get more food, but the entire commerce in Maui has completely been shut down for the most part. And uh, it's an island that's currently in major crisis. Is is that accurate or what are you hearing?
1: Yeah, I'm hearing the same, same sort of thing for sure. It is accurate. And uh, yeah, I mean, these people definitely need a lot of help. And I think, uh, I think more so even it's the, like the west side of the island is where, you know, they're, they're definitely getting ignored and there's really no help happening there. And that's where it's the worst, of course, but they've got like shelters set up on the east side of the island where I guess that's where, you know, the FEMA and the Red Cross uh, shelters are, are assisting people, but that's the whole thing. You know, they want, they want people to register with them. They want people to sign things and basically, you know, that, they're, you know, that's going to be in in the end, they're going to wind up losing losing the rights to their land and, and mm-hmm. you know, their homes if they if they take that aid. And uh, I don't know enough about it to really speak too deeply on all of that. But I do know that there's definitely a lot of people talking about the the danger in that. And and then, of course, you know, Josh Green vowing that he's going to, you know, do everything they can for the state to acquire that land. Of course, he's trying to backtrack now and, uh, you know, made a public <laughs> statement that he only meant he was protecting it from big business coming in and buying it. But the government taking over that land is probably even more dangerous in reality. And that's, uh, you know, so that's that's the sad part about this is, the, you know, that those that, that land for generations, the Hawaiians have been, you know, desperately trying to preserve and keep that that land to keep the paws of the government <laughs> off of that land. And, uh, I mean, this is one of the most sacred places in Hawaii and maybe even, you know, nationwide, it's one of the most historical, uh, as the capital city of the Hawaiian kingdom originally. And, uh, you know, with buildings that are over a hundred years old and, um, you know, it's, it's really, I really feel like there's a lot to it, be, you know, in that sense of it being an attempt to kind of erase, erase our history, you know, erase Hawaiian history here. And, and, uh, you know, just, uh, get the, get the people out uh, so that they can come in and, and build their smart cities. And uh, it's, it's a very real uh, thing that is going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. that they have been working on and we have proof of that, you know, Maui was home to this jump smart Maui program. They did that from 2011 to th- 2016, this case study, they had, you know, all these electric vehicles. It was basically like an electric vehicle smart grid thing where they were going to, yep. you know, show the world, this is how you can turn, your city you know completely you know clean energy right and so um yeah so i was looking into that a little bit too and there's there's talk about how that was the initial project they're going to take the data from that and continue to work on further projects to to further develop these smart communities so it's not, you know, it wasn't just like it ended in 2016 and that was it. It's, you know, it's the beginning. It's stage. ongoing. and yeah. mean, there's, there's
0: supposed to be a conference coming up soon too, as well, that is yeah. directly tied to the 15 minute smart cities, um, to which the governor is attending as well. And that was going to be held that conference with all the tech people is being held on the Island of Maui. Yeah. Now, I'm curious if they still have it. Let's, let's take a quick break right here. Um, when we get back, um, we'll talk a little bit more about, Uh, What people can be doing in order to try to protect their rights, what we've learned from COVID-19 that can be applied to this situation, because we're hearing now that people may have to register in order to get their $700 from Joe Biden who visit on Monday. Uh, We're hearing that uh, in order to get aid, they want to have everybody documented. A digital ID is being floated out right now, which we've heard before with COVID-19. So let's take our lessons from COVID-19 in the second half here and uh, what the people of Maui can expect and the people in Hawaii. Everybody, make sure you're going over to americaoutloud.com. We have all the sponsors that help keep the lights on at the network. You can also go to my page, americaemboldened.com, and you can support the show. You can buy me a cup of coffee. It's as easy as buymeacoffee.com backslash and then type in bold America and you can support the show. And if you put in there, that you would like funds to go directly to Maui, put in a little note in, and I promise you, I will put 100% of your funds directly into the official Instagram Venmo that's going to help the people that are registering so you can help people directly. So if you want to support that way, uh, I will do that. And as I send the money, I will post it so you can see that your money went directly to that spot. Uh, and I also have the link for you there on the site where you can donate directly yourself. If you just like to do that and cut me out as the middle person, I'm completely okay with that. Um, so yeah, I just think it's good that we're trying to put plans in place to help one another. All right, everyone, you're listening to America emboldened with Greg Bolden and my special guest Levana here on the America out loud network. We'll be right back. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25.
1: For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health. Naturally.
0: Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show. We've been having a great conversation here with Levana, and she is running forourrights.org. It's a website that really. Came to uh, more prominence during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, Levana has actually uh, worked alongside my colleague here at the network, Dr. Peter McCullough. You were at a presentation where he was at, uh, also uh, working for Four Hour Rights. And so we've learned a lot over the last three years. We've seen where there's COVID mandates, unconstitutional mandates. We've seen where people wanted uh, IDs in order to travel. Uh, in order to be able to move freely. And I know that you've been kind of on the front lines with all that. You've uh, at your own um, maybe demise of being arrested, (laughs) right? Uh, So tell me a little about what you learned during COVID-19 and the unconstitutional lockdowns that were enforced and the mandates that were enforced and uh, a little bit about your fight so we can then apply this to Maui.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So early on, you know, like I said earlier, we were, you know, out there protesting. Some people were getting arrested for not wearing masks and all this nonsense. Then they went into the, you know, the whole travel restrictions. You're not allowed to come and go into the state unless you uh, get a, you know, a COVID test. And then it was, oh, you can have the vaccine and you'll be able to You know to to fly freely. Um, So so um, I actually was on my way to a um, big event on Oahu where we had some big speakers. Um, Aloha Freedom Coalition is another local group that has uh, been in this fight with us, and they put together this really awesome rally. We had Del Big Tree, Sheriff Richard Mack, all these people, and I went over there to be one of the speakers. And uh, and um, that was at you know the height of the tyranny with the travel. But I prepared ahead of time because what I discovered in my research, because this is what I do, you know, is looking at laws, looking at our rights, you know, diving into this stuff and figuring out, you know, how do we push back against this? So in our Hawaii state law, we actually have a statute, you know, that declares that people have a right to contest any type of quarantine order that might be imposed upon them. This is what you we would call you know procedural due process and everybody has a right to this regardless you know uh of course under the constitution you have a right to defend yourself if you're being found guilty of something right mm-hmm. so uh so I found you know but there was specific you know statute there saying I could contest any quarantine order so I actually wrote up an affidavit and sent to the governor uh to the 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 the, the courts to the Hawaii emergency management even the department of health all these people saying I want to exercise my right to contest uh, this quarantine order that is being imposed—if I decide to travel—you're telling me I'm going to have to stay in my home, right? You're telling me I'm going to be subject to house arrest for trying to freely travel, like any you know healthy American would should be allowed to do. So. So when uh you know, so basically I, when I, when I went to the airport, I had these documents, you know, put together. I already had a lawsuit pending against the governor for violating our rights. And I stood up to the officers at the airport because they literally would be there, you know, to intimidate people into signing away Mm -hmm. their rights and agreeing to lock themselves in their home, you know, for 10 days and i stood up to him and i said no in fact i'm going to add you to my lawsuit what's your badge number and as soon as i you know got a little aggressive with him then uh, you know the story changed and they wound up lo- allowing me to leave the airport without any agreement to quarantine they asked, actually escorted me past national guardsmen and everything how dare so you
0: I- know your rights
1: <laughs> right i know and so you know and on top of this you know i i wanted to document all of this so i had a spy pen camera on me and i got it all recorded so i wound up sharing it on social media and went viral and uh you know and i guess you know the word got out that i had done that the police wound up coming and arresting me for violating the mayor and governor's rules during a state of emergency and um, they arrested me i bailed out i refused to con- to quarantine they arrested me a second time and uh, it was also so crazy. I mean, you know, coming to my house without a warrant, threatening to break down the door if I didn't, you know, give myself up and, uh, you know, essentially, Jeez. yeah, kidnapping me, holding me hostage, uh, you know, for ransom, if please, you will. <laughs> please tell me
0: that, that that you have a lawsuit for that or that you have already.
1: I do. I do. So, okay, yes. Good. So basically, yeah. So um, I was first defending myself. You know, they were pressing charges against me as a misdemeanor charge for violating you know, their rules and regulations. And uh, ultimately, they wound up getting smart about it because, you know, we were in a position of power with that particular, you know, case that that defensive lawsuit, because if they're going to try to say that I, you know, that I did something wrong, that I broke a law, they're going to be subjected to us, you know, getting discovery from them. And so we were trying to use that as a way to really, you know, get um, depose people in our government and Department of Health. Mm-hmm. And like, where's your proof that a perfectly healthy person can actually spread, you know, a communicable disease if they're not sick, you know, like uh, so they got smart and they wound up eventually dropping the charges completely against me. And so that was a great big win. But um, we do have an offensive uh, lawsuit still in place right now. I'm one of the plaintiffs on there for what they did to me. And there were several other people in the state that experienced the same kind of tyranny around, you know, the travel restrictions. So this lawsuit that we have is pending in an appellate court, the intermediate appellate court. Um, it's at, a, at an appeal stage right now. And so we've had to refine it. But we're really just looking at the reality that, again, it's all comes down to due process that in in all of that, we people were denied their rights to due process to, you know, to to be able to, um uh you know, have a chance to say, hey, you know, you need proof and justification for these regulations. And we have, you know, case law in our history, uh, you know, going back to uh, the the bubonic plague, the times uh, uh, when they shut, they had this uh, one Chinese community in San Francisco that was forced into a, uh, a, um, a, I guess, a quarantine, if you will, they weren't allowed to leave the city limits and uh, it was a really broad, you know, uh, mm-hmm. order that was not, you know, directed at any particular uh, sick person or not. And it was actually found in the Supreme Court that it was violating the 14th Amendment rights of these people to, you know, to, to be free to travel and to in, engage in commerce in that area. And they felt they were being targeted. It was a Chinese community. So so this is a really big case that we're actually really hopeful that we, we have a chance at winning. And um, we've, we've been able to get um, legal help through uh, being part associated with Make Americans Free Again. I don't know if you're familiar with Pam Popper and attorney Tom Renz. So but, Tom, uh,
0: Tom Renz is on the network with me.
1: Oh, Uh, okay. Right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Very
0: familiar with them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So that's one of the things we did was team up with them to become the Hawaii chapter of make Americans free again. So we've worked Mm -hmm. alongside them with, you know, legal, legal action. And Tom actually is probably one of the main reasons why that case got dropped against me as well, because he did a lot of really great work. In, uh, you know, putting together a motion to dismiss my case where he just laid it all out and they saw what they were up against and said, yeah, you know, we're gonna we're going to back off. So he's done amazing work for sure.
0: Yeah. T- Tom is uh, one of the top voices here on the network. He joined us uh, about five months ago uh, and already has a very popular show. Um, people, you know, he, he was on the front lines for trying to protect people's rights. Right. Uh, against the mandates and so he, he's done great work but i didn't know that we had that connection here this yeah. is awesome so we're, we're bringing it all together so right. some of the lawsuits that you you've brought you so you have the make uh, uh what was a
1: make uh, americans free again free again yeah. Yeah. that was
0: a lawsuit against the freedom of movement which i kind of talked about in the bill of rights we have the ability to move freely you have yeah. a lawsuit against masks um, you have a lawsuit against indefinite emergency extensions that, that you guys were doing as well as how to file a tort claim, how to sue the United States. Um, and so it's persons that are, uh, it's a statute that allows right. a private party to mm. sue the United States in a federal court. Um, and so that's great that you're uh, trying to help people with that. I know here in Delaware where I'm at, there were some individuals that were helping, uh, people file that as well. Um, so. Now that you've learned all of this, you see that there's FEMA moving in. There's a another emergency. I'm putting that right. in quotes that's being declared by your governor. You have land that is property of uh people that was inherited property for uh lifetimes, from what I understand in Maui. And now the government's gonna come in and say, Well, eminent domain, mm-hmm. emergency powers, it's ours. Yeah, I mean- What have you learned then from COVID-19 that you think would be relevant in order to help your brothers and sisters on the island just a few 200 miles away in order to help them?
1: Yeah, it's definitely like a repeat where they're going to say they're going to claim, oh, emergency, right? Then they put out the emergency proclamation, which very interesting that was written before this even happened but you know and then that, that gives you know the governor all this power the the government has the power to kind of usurp the rights of the people but ultimately you know again it comes down to the fact that you know the the constitution stands supreme and and typically if you look in in, in these uh, emergency proclamations you're going to find a clause somewhere that where it'll say none of this you know, can can supersede the constitution. It, it, it typically will say that right in there. And so it's really Correct. just a matter of people, you know, standing up for that, right? To know that the government cannot commit any kind of search and seizure, you know, without due process. And that, that you know, that they can't just take your property, uh, you know, um, unless it's under certain circumstances. So, um, you know, so uh, yeah, as far as what, you know, what we're doing right now is kind of looking at that a little bit further to see, you know, what we can do to try to put together, you know, sort of a, a bullet point list of things that people need to look at and consider before they, you know, before they sign anything from FEMA, before they, uh, you know, take any kind of settlement from even their insurance company too. So, um, but yeah, so we're, we're definitely trying to, you know, see what we can do to protect the rights of the people and the rights to that land, because that's the biggest concern right now. And in addition, of course, to, you know, trying to get answers as to what happened and some sort of justice. I mean, you know if you think about the implications of of course they weren't they want to try to blame it on the electric company and mm-hmm. uh you know how convenient is that if the electric company goes under then they can just swoop right in with their clean energy but uh <laughs> yeah but you know if we if we can start you know putting together some pieces to 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 show that there was ill intent involved in all of this in some way shape or form you know that's going to change the landscape legally uh, very much so too. So there's still a lot of investigation to have, you know, that needs to be done. So, um, but our, you know, our organization, of course, is very grassroots. Uh, you know, it's still in our infancy. We've only been around for like three years. We kind of lost some funding after things slowed down with COVID. So, um, you know, so we're 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 definitely putting out there that we're looking for anybody that wants to volunteer their time to help with our efforts. You know, to get in touch with me at Levana at ForRights.org. So we can get more hands on deck to to figure these things out. And uh we have created also um a uh, relief fund that uh I haven't really uh released just yet because I'm, I'm I'm I want to make sure that I get all the details straight as to exactly where this money is gonna go. But we're looking at a couple of local organizations that are like boots on the ground, really they're helping the people directly that we want the money mm-hmm. to go to. So uh yeah so um but if you sign up for our newsletter on our website there there will be info about that coming out soon.
0: Excellent. Uh, so please anybody. Uh, so to spell Levana it's L-E-V-A-N-A, uh at forourrights.org. That is her uh, her email. So that way you can go there and then go to the website as well. There's a, a journalist that um I I got an opportunity back in July, we, we kind of crossed paths because I broke a huge story. Mm. And uh, he's like, oh, great job. And then we haven't really talked since, but I admire his work. And he put out uh, uh, really a damning report about what the media is saying in Maui. Mm. Uh, on He said that the media is trying to tell everybody climate change is causing the devastating fire, but it didn't. He says the main causes were underinvestment in fire prevention and the refusal by the state to release water to firefighters. And he says that those decisions were driven by unhinged climatism and wokism. And uh, that's going from Michael Schellenberger. And now Michael Schellenberger is somebody that I think uh, confuses the left because they don't know what to do when somebody who votes left and all of a sudden starts attacking their official narratives. Um, they're like, what do we do? This guy was supposed to be one of us. Uh, but he's been going after the new york times uh he's been going out uh after anyone who's really kind of saying that you know climate change caused all this he's saying no like it's not um that if we look at the weather patterns and everything it's a la nina weather pattern and so it's going to be a little bit drier that happens it's, it's a natural thing um you can't just blame things on global temperature increases uh, there's things that humans can control and have um the ability to make a difference in. And so one of the things that I learned is the landscape in Maui. Now I didn't learn this from him, I learned this from somebody who follows my show. The landscape in Maui has really changed since Monsanto, which for mm-hmm. those that are unfamiliar, Monsanto is uh one of the largest seeding farm agricultural companies uh in the United States, if not the world. Yeah. And uh they basically took over the lush uh, sugarcane fields in Maui, and now it's dirt. It's dry land. They're not uh, actively doing the sugarcane anymore. Like The the exports that used to come from that area, now there's no exports, and they're forcing people to import everything. And so when we talk about why is the land dry? Well, the land is dry because we stopped having agriculture allowed on it, and it's directly tied to Monsanto. It's directly tied to the people that have interest within the government, directly tied the Vanguard and BlackRock financials. Mm-hmm. And so who benefits if part of this island burns and they get to take over more land? Well, BlackRock and Vanguard. The yeah. elite benefit from all of this. And I think that that deserves a larger conversation. And so the two things that really have me concerned right now is we don't have anyone addressing the actual death of people that's there in a sincere mm-hmm. way. And uh, we know that a huge land grab is about to happen. A huge uh, usurping of people's rights is about to happen. And likely it's being cheered on in back rooms by people going, this is a great disaster. So yeah. great that we can roll this out. Right. Um, so yeah, we we need to get to the bottom of why did this thing burn in seven minutes to 11 minutes?
1: I know uh, it's, crazy
0: why did the police chief say no one out Mm -hmm. uh we're blocking off the one road that you have and people started heading to the water where they drowned yeah um some people burned on the dock
1: yeah right um, in their cars yeah
0: in their cars exactly uh i i want to know sirens the guy says no i don't regret it but they said why i said well i was afraid if the sirens went off that people would start heading up the mountain Mm -hmm. what a moron Uh, last time i checked if I look out my window and I see smoke and fire, I'm not heading towards the fire. If I hear a siren and I see smoke, I'm going to go, oh, that's what that siren's about. I better head the opposite direction.
1: That comment was so insulting to people's, you know, intelligence. I mean, like, what kind of comment is that? You know, people are not that dumb. It's amazing, and then the the water not the not water not working, the hydrants being dry, no water. I mean, what was that all about? Why would they shut off the water? You know, there's 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 so many so many un, unanswered questions, and yeah, you know the the and the media is not reporting the truth, I guess, because they, like you said, they're being blocked from getting in there. But at the same time, I, I think you know there's reason to believe that there's there's they, they don't want people to know the the real the real numbers and what's really you know on the ground. So. And uh, yeah, so, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of questions for sure.
0: Yeah. Apparently the uh, official that was in charge of the water, his name is M. Calio Manuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and he delayed the release of water to landowners, um, And they were demanding it to fight the fires. And because of that water standoff, the fire just got completely out of control with the wind. And before mm-hmm. they knew it, it was wrapping around the entire city, uh, entire town. Uh, so they said the water just didn't come too late. So uh, why did this guy refuse to release the water? Yeah. right. Like th- that's a, that's a huge question that that needs an answering as well. You know, And what was
1: the, and what was that white haze that was covering Maui beforehand? You know, I've gotten yes. some more reports from people with videos and pictures and, you know, and, sharing the and same and let's thing. Let's talk
0: about why that's important. Yeah. So a white haze, if we're talking about graphene oxide or we're talking about aluminum or whatever metals, right. If metals are getting into our body through uh, inhalation, tell tell me why that matters. I already know, but tell my listeners.
1: If it's getting into by inhalation, Mm -hmm. uh, then they can become combustible, (laughs) right? Right? Yeah.
0: You can cook from the inside. It's like a microwave, right? Yeah. You put a fork inside a microwave and start it up. It's going to start sparking if right. you have metals heavy metals toxicity in your body and there's microwaves nearby that are working on frequencies you're going to cook from the inside yeah i don't understand why that's so hard for people to understand or why right. people would label that crazy right. talk
1: right right exactly and i want to just yeah i want to talk about that because i do feel like you know there's there's a the question about the whole directed energy weapons thing but what people don't realize is that that doesn't just mean that it's going to be lasers shooting out of the sky. There's right. different types of directed energy. And one of those is microwave, you know, wave uh, millimeter wavelength, microwave uh, radiation. You know, there's different ways that they can you know, um, attack. And so if you think about the combination of the metals in the air and in people's bodies, and like you said, you, you turn on the microwaves and you're going to get sparks and stuff. So there are some accounts on video of people seeing flashes of light and this and that. And of course the mainstream media, I just saw something today. Uh, one of those videos, they, 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 they say that, uh, what, what was happening was that they have a major malfunction across the, the, the electrical grid, the power grid was like malfunctioning everywhere. And so it was causing, you know, these little bursts, but another, it, that may be true. It could also be an electromagnetic pulse An EMP could actually disrupt and cause the electrical grid to malfunction and and fire like that as well. So there's always that option of, you know, perhaps it was an electromagnetic pulse that could have set off the electrical grid to, you know, malfunction and cause the fire. So there's multiple, you know, things that could have happened that are not natural that I believe, you know, could have been used to, to to set this in motion. And when you look at who, again, you look at who benefits, there's, there's so many reasons to believe that, that it was planned. And so we're going to continue to question it, look at it.
0: Uh, Hopefully we get some type of answers. I'm not waiting for them. I trust my eyes and my eyes saw uh, things on dogs in the middle of the street where they look to be cooked from the inside out. And that's not my observation. Mm. I've actually heard people that uh, have done fire reports that are reporting this. They're looking at the charred bodies, saying, this doesn't look like a typical burning. Um, right. And maybe I'll get somebody on my show too to talk about that so my mm-hmm. listeners know it's not just me you know <laughs> saying this. I, I have some people that have looked at this that have messaged me and, and talked about, so I'll see if I can get their voices on too. Ivana, this yeah, has been um, insightful. This has been great. Um, I'm sorry that it took tragedy to bring you and I together. but mm-hmm. it sounds like you and I have been fighting the same fight, me with my podcast and you with your organization. And uh, so it's it's a pleasure to meet another freedom-loving, liberty-loving individual. I know uh, so, it's
1: been great. I'm glad yeah. that we did connect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And thanks for having me on.
0: No, oh, I'm so glad to have you on. And I hope my my listeners have enjoyed it as well today. Unfortunately, we're we're running low on time. So for everybody, make sure you're going to forourrights.org, spelling out F-O-R ourrights.org, where you can check out Levana's website and find out ways to. um, Restore your power. Uh Michael Bednaric used to like to say, lighting the flames of liberty. And Levana is certainly lighting the flames of liberty with this site and doing really great work for American citizens to help know their rights. So it's a pleasure to bring you onto the show today. And uh, would love to bring you back as you uh get your uh fundraising raised for Maui uh to help promote that. And if there's anything that the show here and my audience can do for you, please keep in touch.
1: Absolutely. That would be wonderful. I'd love to have a chance to be on the show again. And this was great talking with you today. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you. All right, everybody. We hope that we honored your time. Well, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, send me a line. You can follow me at real Greg Balden, and make sure you're following Levana as well. What is your uh, your handle if people want to follow you?
1: Yeah, at Instagram, it is for underscore our underscore rights underscore kawaii. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's where you'll find me. Uh, by the way, they've been censoring um, all my posts, labeling them false information as usual. And uh, that's, that's, you know, goes with the territory, but it also always kind of indicates that I'm probably on, on point. And
0: <laughs> yeah, when they start censoring you, you're directly over the target. I've, I've yeah. learned that from my Twitter space that... Uh, Mm Um, I get throttled all the time. So it's it's very much so. So keep doing good work and uh keep your chin up and uh everything will turn out well. We'll we'll get get the audience back there regardless of what type of throttling they tried to do. They can't they can't stop the freedom of our information.
1: Yes, we're on fire. All right, everyone. (laughs) No pun intended. Yeah, no,
0: no, definitely (laughs) not.
1: No pun intended. Okay.
0: It's been a great show, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow with another wonderful episode for you. Make sure you're hitting share on this one, sending it to your loved ones. Help spread the message that Levana helped uh, you understand today. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden, my special guest, Levana Loma, here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.